Hi everyone and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. In each episode, we invite guests to have honest conversations about their mental health journeys with the goal of destigmatizing mental health within the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Due to the nature of the podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of mental health topics and possibly triggering experiences. While we and the majority of our guests are not trained professionals, we encourage you to practice self-care while listening and seek professional guidance if you or a loved one is in need of support. With that said, let's start the episode. Hello and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. I am your host, Matthew Yonamura. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a really special episode for you today. Um, A while back, we did an in-person, live-on-location, live-stream podcast uh, for the Uprisers Family Drive. Uh, If you're not familiar with Uprisers, it is founded by Michelle Hanabusa, who was an early guest on our podcast. And she invited us in to do these live podcast recordings and live stream to YouTube. And, you know, it was a really cool experience for me to meet the people I got to interview at this event. And, um, you know, it's the video of the full stream is still on our YouTube channel, but I thought it might be more accessible to people if we still release these interviews individually, um, one at a time per uh, interview, and still release them on our streaming platforms. So that's what this is today. We have our first interview that we did that day, and it's just with one person that I got to meet about at the time of me recording this intro about a month and a half ago and uh such a great guy really great guest uh really amazing story and i'm really excited for you to hear that so without further ado here is the interview i did live on location at the uprisers family drive with rakeem miles so, if you guys did not hear me before, thank you so much for tuning in to the Changing Tides podcast. We are live on location here at the Uprisers Family Drive. I'm sorry to the few people who are listening live and the audio was not coming through. I was talking for like five, ten minutes without any audio coming through. But with that said, I'm really excited to get this started, get it kicked off, and I'm going to go ahead and introduce our first guest. So, I've been able to meet this man twice now once at the family drives kickoff dinner where i got to meet some of the amazing creators and artists that are here on site and we have really great volunteers that are kind of assisting him and getting him prepped up for all of this but we are ready to go so uh i'm gonna keep my phone on me so if anyone i keep checking my phone um someone my my, my girlfriend lauren is telling me it's been working the whole time but for some reason i tried and it wasn't working out but we are able to bring in our first guest. I'm going to go ahead and signal our team. All right, here we go. We have our first guest coming in. I'm really excited for you all to hear from him. Yo, Yo what's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks good so much you. for being a part of yeah, it. No man. problem. Thank appreciate, you for having appreciate it. Where do you want me to see it? You can sit right okay. here. You can make sure you look okay. You have the display right here. Fire. Yeah. But, um,. So, I'm not going to do too much. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So, okay. I'll let you take the floor. Awesome. My name is Rocky Miles. I'm a designer, musician. Uh, I write films as well. I have a little animated TV show coming pretty soon. Um, and yeah, that's uh, kind of the basis of like what I am. For sure. I but 
I, I don't want to, I want to make sure people can find you because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people are coming from the Upriser side, but a lot of people are coming from the Changing Tide side too. Um, do you want us to link Action Figure Miles? Is that the best one for us yep. to link you think? Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and drop that in the chat for people to go ahead and check you out and while awesome. they listen along. But uh, what we're going to do, we're going to fill this time. I'm going to make sure we get to cover your story. But I really want to ask everyone just a couple of questions to kind of kick things off. And I okay. think the first thing I want to ask uh, because of what brings us here today is what does the family drive mean to you? 100%. Um, for me personally... Um, the giving back aspect of what, you know, what Uprisers is actually doing is very close to, you know, what I have going on also with my brand. Um, and also coming from social services where, man, I've been around so many people that, you know, go through social services, come out with no support, no mm -hmm. nothing. Um, end up not financially stable, end up just not being in the position to really like, fully take care of themselves and there's not that much of a support system. Also, there's homelessness. There's so many different things uh, that people are dealing with where they get into a situation where they definitely need the support. And I really appreciate what Uprisers is doing you know, since they're giving the support to people that really need it right now, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of people just aren't doing that. People aren't even thinking about that half the time. Um, so yeah, I just really appreciate the movement and you know what uprisers like stands for so i want to be a part of that 100 percent. so yeah. what what besides you know being a part of the podcast today like what's mm -hmm. the what's your involvement with the movement that we're making today so for me um personally i'm here talking to you to talk about you know my struggles and i want to basically put everything on the table as far as what i've dealt with um hope, hopefully that resonates with the people on the stream as well um but I think all of this is community-based, you know what I mean? Um, everybody here is, is bringing something different to the table, um, just like, you know, the podcast to what's going on with, um, you know, giving back to people that are not, you know, less fortunate. Um, so what I feel like I'm bringing to the table is being able to bring my story in a, a completely different, um, I guess you could say, a different narrative for people to you know, also uh, connect with if they also connect, if they also been through the same exact thing I've been through. So with that, I mean, I mean, it feels like you're natural with the interviews. I mean, you've, you've done them yeah. before, but you led right into the next question, which is, um, you know, when did, when would you say your mental health journey really began? Shoot, since I was a little kid. Um, for me personally, it's like I've been in alternative schools since a little kid, like little, I was on Ritalin, I was on Adderall, I was on all those different medicines to try to like stimulate me and kind of, you know, put me in a place where I just, I felt like it, it was, it was pretty messed up to be on all those different medicines. Cause also like your, your body starts to tremor too. And you're like shaking and stuff. And if I ask real quick, what, like what age did you start? I started that like, man, I was taking medicine in like first grade. Really? So, like, what is that? Like five, six, yeah. six or seven, something, something like that. Yeah, I was taking medicine since I was like a little kid. Because it started out like, oh, I got ADHD. Oh, I have, you know, depression. I have this. I have that. I never knew what mental health was until like, I would say 2018, 2017, mm -hmm. when I started hearing, oh, this is mental, you know, mental health or <laughs> mental health and wellness. Um, I just always was like, shit, I just got some shit going on and I got to 
try to like navigate through it, you know. But my whole life, I literally was in alternative schools. I couldn't stand any like I couldn't stay at in like public schools. So I went to like fourteen different schools. Oh wow! Because I wasn't able to manage my anger. Wasn't able to manage like being in the class. Always had to like get up and just go outside the class. And I was just constantly getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. Constantly getting in fights. Constantly being defiant. Um. So there was a lot of struggles that I was dealing with. Also, my mom being on drugs, mm. my dad having, um, you know, mental issues where he couldn't take care of me either. Like, he literally is just like, he's not 100% there, you know. Um, and there's some things that had happened to him that put him in that place. But, like, both of those things, you know, with a kid going to social services and dealing with social services and kind of, like, being in that space, you, you, you get put in to a... Um, I feel like it, it does something to somebody at a young age mm-hmm. that doesn't grow. You know, I'm not growing up with my actual mom mm-hmm. or my actual dad, like my biological parents. And I'm going through these different systems. I'm going and talking to these different like therapists. And, you know, it's 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 all very weird. And I feel like that had a lot of like a huge effect on me growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandparents definitely, man, they could have they could have been let me go. A long time ago because I was getting in so much trouble. They were going back and forth to the schools, trying to help me out, trying to make sure I was good. And I just struggled mentally throughout mm-hmm. school, you know, all the way to the time I graduated. I graduated from an alternative school. Alternative schools, people don't know, sometimes it's kind of messed up because you get in trouble, right? Let's say you get in trouble in class. They actually take you out. They put you in a quiet room and they close the door. They take your shoes off. Laces, everything. Really? Yeah. So it's actually like a really, it's kind of like, um, it's like almost like jail type, mm. like, kind of. I was on, um, when I was in Maryland, it was another school I was at where they would put you, it, the school was actually in the middle of this like field, but it was like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I mean, I was only there for the school hours, you know what I mean? Like per day. But it just felt like jail. And sometimes I just couldn't take it. I tried mm. to run one time. Mm. They ran me down, in the middle slammed nowhere. me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, it would have, it was literally, like, farm area. Type, yeah. You know, like, that type of area. I tried to run to get out of there, and uh, they stopped me and threw me down, and they put me into one of those rooms or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just struggled with that shit for years, man. Um, and that's why I talk about it today, because I actually experienced it. You know, I experienced going through mental health struggles. My dad had it. You know what I mean? I went, I had the medicine that was supposed to take care of you know, what I was dealing with. And that, I don't personally feel like that really helps at all. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I feel like I can sit here today and, and talk about my experiences because those are things that really, really um, were, were a part of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's so much, uh, you know, 40 minutes doesn't may sound like a lot of time to a lot of people, but with a story like yours, it's no, hard it's to fill it all into 40 minutes. I got a lot to talk about, for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I want to focus on a few things. And one thing mm-hmm. that I, I latch on to is, you know, you're a kid. You know, mm-hmm. at that time, your your idea of what's normal mm-hmm. is shaped at that time. How much of this, did you know this wasn't normal or was this like, oh, this is what every kid goes through? Um, I knew it wasn't normal when I was doing visitations. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a person that pops up, like your uh, caregiver. Mm-hmm. I think, no, no, not your caregiver. Um whatever the people that come pick you up and like take you to visit your mom for visitation mm-hmm. and stuff and you're like there for like a few hours and you leave and it's like huh 
it's kind of weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you would think that, like, you go to hang with your mom, you wouldn't think that you would have, like, you know, this person that's kind of in between. Oh, yeah. You know, watching for the next few hours, and then that person takes you back home to your whatever family, you know, you're, you're with. And that was my grandparents. You know, uh, going to group homes, because there was times, like, where if my grandparents were, you know, they wanted to leave, they would put me into this, like, a group home. If they wanted to go get, like, a vacation and get, like, some time away from me. Mm-hmm. So I would go to a group home, hang at the group homes, and, like, that shit was the worst. I seen some wild stuff. I actually seen the um the adults at the group home, the guys, the people that were actually managing the whole thing, literally punched this kid right in his nose. Really? Broke his nose, straight up. Yeah. How old were he was just bleeding. How old were their kids? I mean, I'm sure it was a white range, but he was like 13, 13, 14 years old. I mean, not that it changes anything if they're older or younger, but it's just it's like I think I think I think it's one thing to you know hear the story, but I think as much context as there is, like Mm -hmm. the more context, the more like someone could picture how evil that type of stuff is. You know what I mean? No, it's crazy. Yeah, that's horrible. Especially when you're just this is a bunch of random kids from different families. And they're all in this place, and none of them are like adopted or anything. Mm-hmm. They're just in there with like these two random people, or like a few random like adults or whatever. And yeah, it was it was weird, you know, because um, I was only like seven or eight at the time, and I'll go to sleep, and like the big ass one, like those big, you know, dudes, they would pull up and try to like actually fight. Um, they would actually try to like fight with me. Oh really? You know? Because yeah. you were, were you a bigger kid at the time or something? No, like, no, I was only like seven or eight years old. Oh, so they were just yeah. So they were like thirteen, fourteen years old. They were a lot older than me. Oh, okay. And um, I think that was the yeah, that was kind of the reason that the guy actually you know punched the the kid in the, uh, in the nose because he was like you can't keep messing with him. He's younger than you. This, this and that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they would try to fight with me and everything. Wow. You know, like straight up fist fight, and that's that's where like for me, that's how I learned to deal with a lot of like what I was dealing with as far as like my anger and stuff and to get past certain things or to um to basically just kind of I guess you can say resolve a situation was fighting you know what I mean right um because I just learned that throughout my life that's just kind of how I felt like you resolve situation mm-hmm. until I got older and one uh when I was in public school because my grandmother did something to get me back into public school. I don't know. I forget what she did. She acted like I was, uh, oh, she put me in a charter school. Oh, okay. And when I got into charter school, it made the system think that I was back in public, like I was able to go back to public schools after the charter school. Got it. Because it almost cleaned my record, because they're only going to look at the last school you were at. Hmm. Yeah. So they didn't see that I was like alternative school, alternative school. And I didn't want to go to alternative schools anymore. I wanted to go back to public. So going to the charter helped me because that was the last thing on the resume of what school I went to. And then I got back into public. And then, yeah, shit just kind of went haywire again. Kept getting in trouble. Kept, you know, things kept just kind of going down. So, you know, unfortunately, with the nature of a group home, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of kids going through similar experiences. But, you know, you're using your story and your platform to tell the story and to yeah. maybe help a kid that's in the same position or people have been through similar situations as you. So like what inspired you to tell your story? Because you, you could have 
kept it hidden. You know, you didn't need to put yeah. yourself out to, there the way you did. Honestly, it's like, so it's already in the music, and it naturally came out of me in the music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like something where I was like, I thought it out, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to I wanna do this. It was just kind of a thing where it naturally was something I was already talking about. Because how I can't just make music unless I have an emotional attachment to the song. Got it. Like, I actually literally won't even write music unless I, like, 100% feel it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's the only reason I write music in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's only only because, like, I just literally use music to help me feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Help me get what I have going on, whatever's in my head and whatever I need to get out, I put it out into the music. Mm-hmm. So I can't really, uh, it's hard for me to do you know, writing for other people and all the other stuff or have somebody write for me or anything. Cause it's like, I just, it just, I have to feel the energy. I have yeah. to like really feel, um, what I'm saying. Everything has to really be, um, emotion. I have to be emotionally attached to that, to, to that project. Got right? it. So I started to realize like, Hey, this is already a message I've been pushing for all these years since 2011, when I put out my first project, put out the, uh, my album Depression, then I put out Adderall, then I had put out um, Do They Really Love You, mm-hmm. and it has my mom on the front, you know, holding me, is what my, uh, actually my grandmother holding me on the uh, album cover, because my grandmother used to go pick me up from, in Baltimore and give my mom like five to ten bucks to give me, you know, to her, but mm-hmm. basically she wouldn't give me up until the money was given to her that she wanted to go buy drugs. Oh, wow. So if she was given like five or ten dollars, it's like, oh. Here, wow. take them. You know what I mean? So I had that album cover on there. Um, so later on, I could tell that story, you know, because people probably don't even know that. But throughout the whole project, I tell my, you know, story. And that's that's why I said, do they really love you? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, did she really, you know, love me? And then even in my daily life, like now, it's like, do certain people actually love you? Right. you know, there's a lot of, you know, fake stuff that goes on. A lot of people that act like they got your back, they don't have your back. Um, so that was kind of a representation of that, you know, um, but yeah, that, that's what really, uh, the music is really what got me to be more outspoken about what I was, you know, what I'm dealing with, uh, cause I know it, it'll, it'll resonate with people. People have always told me like these projects that I've put out over the years, uh, including also the action figure miles project, um, that I put out in 2019, they said it resonated with them in a way where it helped them get through what they were dealing with. So I was like, okay, I'm already naturally doing this because it's just like organically I'm just making this music and it's just how everything happened to come out Mm -hmm. and people like it and it it resonates with them and it's helping them. Why not talk about it more and actually be somebody that can – just show them, like, yo, I'm dealing with the same thing. Because if I act like I don't, I'm, I've never dealt with anything, everybody's just going to think that, you know, I just got it easy. Right. You know what I mean? As well. So I think it's it's important to tell your story. It's important because there's other people trying to do the same thing you're doing. And if you if you don't give them the keys, they'll never know how to unlock the doors. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because it's like you're almost holding back a lot of uh, information and resources. Because yeah. it's like... You didn't even tell anybody, oh, I went through this, this and that. And then they're like, oh, shit, I thought I couldn't get through because I've been through these different things. And I thought these hurdles were going to stop me from even getting, you know, becoming successful. Right. So, yeah, that's the reason. Though. 
So, so you you led right into it with action figure miles because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, someone could look at the brand. It's like, oh, these are cool designs. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at your website or your Instagram, like mm-hmm. you, there's a meaning behind it. So, what's the meaning behind action figure miles? So the meaning behind action figure miles, um, as a kid, I grew up with, you know, action figures, animation, um, a lot of stuff that I, you know, really liked as a kid, I used to cope with what I was dealing with emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not having a, a mom or in my life or having that father figure in my life to really, you know, help me out and give me advice when I needed and shit right. like that. Um, it was kind of one of those things where I just felt, you know, this character is really a part of me. Um, the hero, like actual cape represents heroism and what I wanted to see in my mom and my dad. Yeah. The blue represents sadness. Like, you know, when you're feeling blue, you're feeling down. Um, that's the mental health aspect of the brand. And that's that's why I created it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I felt it was a good symbol for what I have personally dealt with in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to be able to showcase that and use that as like a positive you know, figure for um, people that, you know, know the story, uh, want to support the story, and they want to help me, you know, help us grow as a community because mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle brand as well, mm-hmm. you know, so what I'm pushing is is a movement. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like for a long time, and I, I, I talk about this every now and then whenever I have like a male interviewee for the mm-hmm. podcast, but I feel like it's so rare to have men talk about their mental health. Mm-hmm. Was it ever something where, like, your friends would be, like, like I'm, they would be disappointed that you share it? Or they would be, like, why would you put yourself out there like that? Or has it always mm-hmm. been pretty positive? Um, I mean, there's some people, because, I mean, there's a lot of people that are sheltered when it comes to that type of yeah. stuff, you know? Um, but if you're going to be an artist and you're making music... You're, I mean, because there's already people out there, like, if you think about it right now, the music, some, some of the music is, like... It has these kids want to go wanting to go out and shoot somebody, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, that's what they're putting out there. That's maybe their experiences, like an artist's ex- experience that they're putting it out there. Um, and there's somebody that's going out and doing it. You right. know what I mean? Because they 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 get the vibe. They they're starting to feel it. Like oh snap! You know what I mean? Like it gives a certain energy, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> it's important for me to to put out whatever I'm putting out to the world. And give the energy that I have, you know what I mean, which is good energy. Mm-hmm. Give that out to the world so they can, you know, receive it. So there could be a, a balance, you know what I mean? Because there's, if it's like I don't say nothing, how is anybody ever going to have somebody that that can help mentor them through the music or mm-hmm. help them? Because all they're going to have is these other people, you know what I mean? They're never going to have any guidance or anything through the music. They're just going to have somebody telling them, "Yo, shoot them up," you know what I mean? Like. It's just kind of, I just think that there needs to be a variety. Um, there needs to be a way for these kids to be like, this is what I want to go support. Because when I was young, I, I, I like Kid Cudi or Pharrell, uh, Kanye, you know what I mean? Certain people that were talking about it, about something and had a message Yeah. at the end of the day. Um, so I think holding back my story wouldn't give them the opportunity to even know that I even exist or somebody like me exists. Totally. Yeah. Where do you uh, where do you see? Because uh, I think you you know being a part of Uprisers Family Drive here today, kind of goes along with the mission. It goes exactly along with the mission with mm-hmm. Action Figure Miles. But where do you see Action Figure Miles going as a brand and as a mission? 
What's next for you? I really want to. I really want to take it to the next step. Like I really, you know, I have the music as well. Yeah. That I really want to implement. Um, I really want it to be a, a full-on lifestyle brand where people are able to, because the brand to me is like a walking billboard. There's messaging, mm. there's certain things that uh, I want to really get out there. So for me, just being able to have the brand at another, like the next, next, next level to a point where I just see tons and tons of people wearing it. Um, I want to have a festival. I've been throwing tons and tons of, of events for years. I want to have a festival. I want to be able to see everybody, you know, walking around in the action figure miles, like, awesome. clothing and stuff. Yeah, that's like a, you know, that's a, that's a goal for uh, of mine um, to just kind of build, really build this thing out to an actual. I even got a TV show that's coming too. Yeah, with Carl Jones. So, how, how, how much are you allowed to share about that? Um, I mean, we've we've been working on it for a while. Uh, we're we're looking to try to. Uh, take it out in January. Oh wow. And we're working with an agent over at CAA. So I think, you know, things are kinda of looking wow. looking good right now. So try to figure out where, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But Carl is, I mean, he's done, you know, the Boondocks, the Black Dynamite and mm-hmm. uh, the Jellies with Tyler the Creator and so many other T V shows. So I li- literally couldn't have anybody better in my corner to, to make that happen. But um to answer your question, yeah, I just really want to expand this thing to the next step mm-hmm. and really uh, show my story on a larger a larger platform because it's like I have this story, but not everybody knows what Action Figure Miles is actually about. Right. So I want to have the opportunity to like really showcase that on a larger scale so when people really look at the brand, they know 100% this is what it's attached to, mm-hmm. you know? Because um, not not that many people pay too much attention into like looking into everything, right? So it needs to just be a little bit more apparent, uh-huh. you know. And I want that's that's what I really want to build in the in the long term. Um, I'm gonna ask a question, then I'm gonna grab a tissue and then hands here at times. Okay, but okay. Uh, I'm still we we have time, so don't worry. But uh, okay. you know, you touched on how that combines with music, with the festival, or you know, just your platform in general. So what's mm. next for the music side? So from the music side, we're working on a, getting a label involved right now. So it looks like, because I just signed with this uh, management company called Milk and Honey. So we'll figure out how everything goes. Uh, just waiting for a label situation. And that's kind of where it's at right now. Because sure. once we have the label, I can start rolling out the music. Because my biggest thing with the music is like, I've already been in the position where I was rolling out music independently, doing everything I needed to do independently, but I think it's best to learn from the mistakes that I've gone through having a bad, like bad management Mm -hmm. team, people that don't really care to help move the needle. Right. Everyone's just kind of just sitting on their, you know, on their butt Uh like the whole whole time. And it's like, all right, if you're going to just make you know look at me and wait for me to just kind of like push my own career that's literally what i've done for the past few years everything that i've that that uh that people have seen on my instagram or anything i've accomplished has been me pushing that stuff forward i don't have like somebody on on, on my team like you know in the background pushing and making these deals happen Mm -hmm. it's literally me on the phone Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and yeah, I mean, I just just got solid man- management, but I'm still waiting for even something on that side to happen. So it's like, 
it's kind of waiting to see when the best time is to push the project because mm-hmm. I don't want to just put it out there and then like it doesn't because there's so many different uh, components that go into building something that becomes like I guess you can say stable mm-hmm. you know what I mean versus just throwing it out there and the next thing you know it's like a flop mm-hmm. so there's a lot of moving pieces like the TV show is one right the brand having activations making sure everything is queued up throughout the year um some cosigns you know certain things that really build um the narrative and like really show what i'm actually trying to like build versus just like oh you just put out some music in a music video mm-hmm. and that's it and then that was that's that's all it's going to be and then it's dead from there mm-hmm. you know so um i was listening to your music and i have someone in mind who I think would sound good, but do you have like a, a collab that you you would like manifest to happen? Um, I've been working with Chad Hugo and Mike Larson from Pharrell's team. Nice. So I really want to be able to work with Pharrell. Mm. Uh, that's something I've been working forward to, look, looking forward to. Or Tyler, the creator, I always run into Tyler. Mm. Um, you know, I just did uh, Flog Now. Yeah, I saw that. It's Mike G, man. Mike G has been one of the one of the people that have championed me for like years. Yeah. Like since I would since I literally had nothing at all. Wow. He was somebody that truly looked out for me, had my back. And there's times where I had like twenty five dollars in my pocket during tour that I, and the tour that I set up. But oh wow. He was the bigger artist. So wow. I was like, all right, well, you know, he he gets the bulk of the money at the end of the day. And he would just pass me bread. Wow. And I was like, it's crazy. Yeah. I had no hotels to sleep in, so I was basically like no place to stay during a tour because I had no money to like get a spot during yeah. a tour back then. So I was like, shoot, he would just let me stay in his hotels. Wow. Yeah. So I definitely, uh, you know, that's another person that I feel like I would want to continue working with. Yeah. But I, um, top the two top people definitely, Pharrell and uh, and Tyler for sure. Nice. Yeah. When I um when I hear your sound because I feel like you're you're kind of. You, 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 you're not contained to one genre, yeah. I, in my opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like you would sound really good with Tizo. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I feel like you both have, like, the rock kind of, mm-hmm. but, like, you could also do the rap side, you know? I feel like yeah. that would be a crazy crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, Tizo's dope. Yeah. I actually wanted to talk to him at Flognaw. Oh, really? But um, I just felt like it, it's best to just kind of wait until the right yeah. time, you yeah. know? Um but yeah, nah, he's dope, and yeah. I think that's that's actually a really, really good, solid like uh, coll- that would be a crazy collab. I need a yeah. I need a writing credit if that happens. <laughs> gotcha, hundred uh, percent. To bring it back to the mental health, though, you know, mm-hmm. I we, we talked a lot about where you come from, and that makes for really knowing the foundation of where you're at. Mm-hmm. But you know, in terms of mental health, like where are you at now? What's uh, you know, what's giving you peace of mind? Where do you, besides music, you know, like mm-hmm. what else do you use to give yourself comfort? And also just where are you mentally? So CBD a lot mm-hmm. really helps me. A lot of walking. Mm-hmm. A lot of honestly pushing things aside now. Because like I was doing just back-to-back calls, back-to-back. Because if I'm also an artist and I'm also doing the business and I'm running multiple businesses and multiple things at one time, it, and I'm flying all over the place trying yeah. to do all this stuff, right? So I started realizing, like, let me take things, just let me kind of put start pushing things back a little bit. And um, 
I started doing that because my mental, I used to have like feeling myself kind of like, you know, tremors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Cause I'm just like so stressed out. So I was like, you know what, let me start to kind of figure out a, I guess you could say a system here to kind of move everything, um, kind of set certain things aside so I can, you know, really get myself back, uh, good mentally. Um, I feel like right now where I'm at, I feel a lot better than I did a few months ago, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's an off and on thing, yeah. you know, like one day you can be super excited, happy next time, next day you just like down, yeah. you know? So it's, it comes in waves when it comes to like depression, especially. Yeah. So totally. it's like, yeah, it kind of just hits me at weird times. Mm-hmm. So I, it's kind of hard to like say, um, really where I'm at currently mentally, because it is just like a rollercoaster. Right. You know what I mean? How do you handle the ups and downs? Because I think that's, you know, it's it's really easy to let the downs break you down. You know? yeah. So how do you kind of try to find that, that balance? Um, shoot, man. Like I said, I mean, walks. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just go buy some stuff, which mm. is not good sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But I'll just, like, put something new on my, like, you know, new artwork yeah, or yeah. something like that. Go do something creative. Um... Sometimes I'll just like do freestyles even. Okay. I can't put the album out right now. Okay. Because I'm still working to try to get that out. I'll just like do some freestyles or just write a verse or something like that. Because I'll probably just be super mad about something. Uh-huh. So I got a lot of diss songs. <laughs> you know, uh, so I'll put every, you know, everything on my phone and the uh-huh. notes, just writing lyrics <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah. But, well, um,. I mean, yeah. it's cool. You got the Reebok deal. If you ever need new yeah. shoes, because exactly. that's what I do. When I whenever I need to buy something, I'm like, I instantly check for shoes. No, hundred percent. Yo, honestly, that's a good way to kind of make yourself feel better. But it is like temporary. Yeah, know? it is. It is. But uh, yeah. Um, you mentioned something earlier about the um. I think it was just a second ago. I I wanted to make sure I followed up on it. Um. Oh, about. Pulling yourself back. Because I think, especially if you're independent, if you're mm. a self-starter, you want to take every single opportunity. Yeah. And then when you're not working, it's easy to sometimes be like, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. You know? But like, was it hard for you to kind of tell yourself, I need to take a step back? Was it hard for you to tell yourself, I need some time? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 20, 2019, I had to really step back at that mm-hmm. point because I was uh, signed to Empire that shit didn't work out because not like I don't really fully think it was a hundred percent. It wasn't like fully Empire's fault. I just didn't have a good team, mm. you know. And like, how would you know half of these chains and these different company, you know, these big corporate companies work without a good team of people? Or right. Good, that's why people get fired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't show up to work all the time. Uh-huh. You don't. You know what I mean? There is no su- support. It's like, hey. Like you gotta go, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not like supporting the company uh, properly. You're not representing us good. You gotta go because you're slowing us down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I have to have those people that are representing me um, to make sure that all those people are solid. And if they're not, the whole ship is gonna go under. Right. You know what I mean? So I dealt with that in 2019. I mean, I dealt with that my whole career because I just couldn't. I could. I still haven't been able to find like the best manager. Mm-hmm. 
is manage myself. Um, so that being said, it's been kind of dang lost my uh, train of thought that time. <laughs> bring it back, bring it back. Uh, management, uh, maybe you had the wrong team around you. What was, your, what was the question you said? Well, it was about um, telling yourself to take a, take a or oh. yeah, take a step back. Yeah. So 2019, that's when I realized I had to take a step back because uh-huh. everything was like kind of there was a shift and I realized it was coming to because yeah. I saw all these things happening. It was kind of like it's funny now because it's like I was like, yeah, dog, I'm going downhill. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, nah, for real. It's I tough. already because I could see it in the summertime of 2019 mm-hmm. that it was about to take a fall. Really? Because I kept asking my team. I'm like, yo, I got like seven or eight months of things organized. Like I was setting it all up. I was yeah. going on dog swim, doing stuff on TV. Then I turned around and I was doing tours in Australia and I was just doing all the stuff that I was setting up because I had just kept trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and things were coming through, but one person is not going to be able to fill up 12 months of opportunity. Right. So I was telling my team like, Hey, I have this, this and that lined up to this time. Could you guys help add more, resources and things that we can like more opportunities that we uh-huh. can like continue to build this they were like nah we, we how are we going to do that uh-huh. and just like kind of making me feel like i just was not like you know um worth the, the time or worth anything you know what i mean so a point where it was like kind of scary so i took out that time and it hurt me through you know 2020 uh, just sitting, just sitting on my tail, trying to figure out how to build everything up, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, taking that pause was the worst, man. Because yeah. I wanted to continue to put out music, continue to do everything, but I had already learned that there were certain things that just weren't working. So I had to fix. I have to fix those things. It was never the music. It was never any of that. It's always just been finding the right team. Because I've always done shows, and there's always been hundreds of people at the shows singing right. the songs. So I know there's a fan base, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just trying to manage everything yourself. It's just like, I just don't know anyone who can do it. So I took out that time, developed a brand, developed a TV show, started um, really putting and molding everything together. And once, 20, once the end of 2021 hit, my whole life had changed. Mm-hmm. Like everything changed. Yeah. Got, you know, moved it to Luka Lake, a nice crib. Like everything just kind of shifted. I got with Paxson through uh, Chad Albers, and then also my boy Chase, who looked out for me, um, and just kept doing these collaborations. Nice. Kept putting the brand together, and through that, got a lot of different music connections, and started to just rebuild everything. Yeah, you know. And now I'm back in a really, really good place versus where I was then. I was, I was upset. I was bitter. Yeah. Like every artist put something up, that's trash. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's easy. I feel like that's so easy to feel that way, especially because, you know, I know you didn't blame the label. I don't, you know, I think that's fairly so. You don't, you don't need to blame the label. But it's mm-hmm. like when they're bringing on a lot of new artists, right? It's yeah. hard to make sure that they're putting the right team around you every time because they're always bringing in new people. They just, they're going to see what mm-hmm. sticks. And sometimes it just won't work at that time, but yeah. that specific, at that specific juncture. But, you know, I think from your mission, you're one of the people that, I'm looking forward to seeing Thrive. I'm going to make sure it's going to make work out. I'm going to need a cop of chain. Yo. Yes. <laughs> I want to let you know. Uh, but for the people out there, uh, whatever streaming services, for music or 
where they could find you on socials, where they could mm. buy your clothes. Do you want to plug anything before we wrap up? And I'm going to, yeah. again, I'm going to dance hand ties and blow my nose real quick because I want to dab you up before we head out. All but right, sure. plug all your stuff. Plug all your okay. Stuff. So, Rocking Miles, you can find me. Uh, Apple Music, it's Rocking Miles. Spotify is Rocking Miles. Um, Instagram is Rocking Miles Raps. Twitter is Rocking Miles. Everything's Rocking Miles. Type in Rocking Miles, you find me. And, uh, and that's R A K E M M I L E S, which I, I assume is on there anyways. But, you know. But yeah. And at the clothes? Oh, the clothes. Dang. Almost forgot the clothes, man. <laughs> Actionfiguremiles.com. You can find the D2C clothing and then Paxson is uh, Action Figure Miles. Yes, sir. All right. Hakeem, yeah. my homie, thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to wrap up, and then in five minutes, we'll be bringing in our next guest. Did you cut already? Thank you so much to Rakeem for joining me on the podcast and discussing everything that he did. You know, his upbringing to music, to fashion, to what inspires him, to, you know, just sharing his mental health journey because, uh, you know, it takes a lot of vulnerability to share what he did. So thank you so much to Rakeem for taking the time. And thank you to Michelle and the Uprisers team for having us there at the Uprisers Family Drive. So if you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our show for episodes that release every other Tuesday and give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to support our podcast and help us grow, you can do so with a donation to the link at the bottom of the episode description. To hear more about Changing Tides, follow us on Instagram at LTSC underscore Changing Tides, or check out our website, thechangingtides.org. Let's continue to change the tide on mental health. Yeah.